You're listening to a Military Life Media podcast. Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, informs and embraces the spouses beside the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. There's everyday life, then there's a life in defence. There's nothing else quite like it. And for me, there's no other bank that understands this the way Defence Bank does. With products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses, 30 on-base branches across Australia and an award-winning banking app, they just get defence. But don't take my word for it. Others agree, in fact, they were recently awarded Defence Services Bank of the Year by WeMoney, a unique bank for a life like no other. Visit defencebank.com.au today to find out more. This week on the podcast, enjoy listening to some real talk from a handful of defence partners who have previously detailed their spouse journey with us on past episodes. This episode is all about what it's really like to become a defence partner and live defence life. As you'll hear from listening to the stories of defence partners, our experiences are unique, yet have many common threads that run so deep and connect us. So get comfy and enjoy listening to this compilation episode that sheds light on the question, how do defence partners envision their careers working alongside defence life? You mentioned he got posted. Obviously, Newcastle's not very close to Melbourne, so it was trips and then, bam, move in together. I had six months left of my two-year postgrad uh, internship, so I had to find another a hospital to take me on. So that was quite stressful, but it ended up being the best thing for my training because they did a lot of obstetrics where I hadn't had that where I was in Melbourne. So I guess the way I've approached the whole thing is to always find a positive out of it and sort of try to make the most of the situation. It worked out well, but it was a big deal for me to move in the middle of my training and really did not want to do that. When you went in doing your training, you probably had like in your mind, okay, well, I kind of want to progress on to, to this job or I want to work in this area. So you're kind of like changing your plans when, you know, you'd worked pretty hard to get to where you were. Yeah, I had a, yeah, it was a great position and I even had a contract that I had to stay on, you know, after training. And that's why I really wanted to come back after the posting. And so he took a position that wasn't his favorite, wasn't his choice. And I was able to return to that hospital and that employer and that, that worked out really well. So how yeah, did that of- work for you guys? Obviously, you mentioned he took a job to come back to Melbourne for your career. How did that conversation go? Like when you went into the relationship, did you guys have open communication about, okay, well, my career, this is what I want from it. And, you know, this is what you want from your career. And how can we make it work best for both of us? Like, how did you have that foundation in your, your relationship that you were able to do that? We very much approached it, especially me approached it as he has his career and I have mine so I think maybe I was a little bit naive and didn't really understand that my career and anything was going to take a back seat to postings back then I thought there was more control over where he could go and when so that was a little bit tricky to to sort of you know get over little things like that you know not little things at the times like I don't want to go there and I don't want to leave in this year and next year but you slowly get used to the juggle and as I said just try to keep looking for the positives and so I've been able to 
you know, get a lot of good experiences, career and otherwise, out of the postings. I think you've got to be constantly looking for that to make it work for you because yeah. it's so easy for your career to take, you know, slower progression, less promotions and previous self at a new place and things like that. And I'm just very lucky. I've got a career where I can always get a job very easily. It's not like that for me, spouses. Can you tell us what your job is and, and how portable it is and, and how it sort of works with going to different posting locations? I've been a sonographer for 16 years as ultrasound and it's really portable. I've always been able to get a job everywhere we've been, even in the outback. And we went to Tyndall and I was working in Catherine in the town and I also did remote flights out to Indigenous communities, for day trips. It was really great experience. And now I'm a children's author. So that's also highly portable because you do that all alone anywhere you like. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So how does it go from doing ultrasound to being a children's author? There's a bit of a, bit of a gap um, there. Yeah. A bit of a change yeah. there. So how does it progress <laughs> from that to that? <laughs> it was just really a light bulb moment. I had, uh, we've got three kids and it was when the third baby was born. I just had this light bulb moment that I wanted to write picture books and I just sort of got into it um, slowly and just learned about it online and by reading textbooks. So you don't need to do um, a degree or anything to be an author. And it was just something I was so passionate about. And then I got published. And so now it's going really well. I'm so happy with how this sort of new venture is going for me. I've been writing for six years now, but it was very different to, you know, I was a science student in high school. Um, and I, I think a lot of military spouses have that sort of generalization that you're, you know, dependable and reliable and, you know, practical and you can get it done. Perhaps not really known for being creative. So I think I didn't really think of doing anything creative for a long time. And then I just thought, you know, I like this so much that I think it's my sort of true self really. And now I just love it right every day. Although going back to what you said, you're like, okay, well, I researched it and um, um, just sort of went from there. And then I got published and I'm pretty sure that there's a few other steps and a lot of hard work (laughs) in between that. So so how did it actually go? Like, and, and you mentioned the fact that you decided to do that after you had your third child. So you're like, okay, well, I'll just throw that in there. So like, how did you juggle obviously wanting to follow that passion and then also what was happening with your husband? Was he away or was he home? Like, how was that all working? So we were in the US at the time. That's where the third baby was born. So he was posted to the Pentagon for a couple of years. So we were over there and we'd already had a year in Canada previously. So, and I actually think that probably wouldn't even be a writer if I wasn't a defense spouse, because with all the moving around, it's like your life experience is on overdrive. You you meet so many people and live in so many places and get to see, you know, patterns in how people react so much more, you know, than what your years would otherwise have you experience, I think. So it really helped me um, with writing. And I think when I went into that posting, so that was the posting before this one, we're in the Blue Mountains now, but I was just sort of over having to make friends again after so many moves. We moved every 18 months for many postings. And I said, oh, I'm not going to bother this time. I'm just going to focus on the kids. I'm having the baby and my husband. And then so writing was like just something I could do on my own. And I knew I could take it with me and I didn't have to say goodbye to people anymore. So I think it was just something to focus on. And then of course I ended up making loads of friends and through writing as well now in the Blue Mountains. But yeah, I think it sort of helped me deal with being away from Australia and being a bit isolated. It just sort of, I just managed to fall into this thing that's perfect for me and that also helps me deal with what it's like as a defence spouse really. 
How did you envision life and career working alongside Defence Life? You mentioned you moved to Canberra and you already had a child, but what were you thinking would happen career-wise for you once you went back to work and I guess you're going into it not knowing which location you'll you'll be at by the time you go back to work? So I was really lucky that our the employer I had before Luke joined Defence allowed me to just transfer to remote work. So that meant they handed me a laptop and I posted wherever we posted with Luke and I can continue working. So that was really lucky that I didn't ever have to look for employment in Canberra or Adelaide so far. But yeah, that did come with some pretty big negatives of being isolated because you are working from home, you're working remotely. So there's no interactions with the locals or with the local job market and stuff like that. So yeah, very lucky that I still was able to work, but did come with negatives. Within that position, is there the ability to be promoted into other positions or when you eventually post to other locations, continue to take it with you? How is that going to work with your employer? Are they fairly open to giving you the same benefits that any face-to-face employee would have? I think they are open to it, but I think they're a very small firm of about eight people. So there's very limited opportunities for me to really grow too big or take on too much. And I am their only remote worker as well. So we are still kind of working through that. How do you go from face-to-face to remote? What kind of work can be given to a remote worker? All that sort of stuff. So, but yeah, they... So far, I think we do intend to be working together long term. When we first moved here, I didn't have a job and I also wasn't getting any like, you know, JobKeeper payments and stuff like that because of COVID because I hadn't been working long enough. And so Callum's income was basically the one paying for the rent. It comes out of his pay because it's a DHA house. So he was paying for the rent and the groceries and then we started getting our electricity bill and our gas bill and I felt so bad for him because I wasn't able to contribute a lot to it. Um, and so did and you I- have that conversation together about about, you know, the fact that I don't know when I'm going to get a job and I we had 10 days notice for this posting sort of thing. Like, how were you feeling and working through that? Because it doesn't make you feel really real great when, you know, you're moving to a, another place where your parents aren't even readily available to drop mm-hmm. a meal around if you wanted to. Sort yeah. Of, um, to depending on the, the military member because they're the ones that have the job and have the security because that's the whole reason you're moving. How were you feeling and did you feel pressure to get a job? Callum never made me feel pressured to get a job, but I kind of put it on myself. Like I didn't want him to have to do this for much longer because we were handling it. We could do it. We got budgets and everything's like that. We were handling it, but I just didn't want him to have all of that pressure on him, I guess. I didn't feel pressured to get a job, but I really wanted to start doing something because after a while, sitting at home doing nothing, it gets kind of like I just need to do something before we left I researched like kind of just really quickly is there daycares around sale is there places I can get a job is there anywhere hiring at the moment even if it's just Woolies something like that I just want to get a job for him so we can start paying things equally but yeah I ended up getting a good job in a daycare now we kind of do things equally and so how long were you out of work because you know sometimes people might think oh well you you know, just do whatever you want, like just watch yeah. Netflix all day and, and catch up with your friends or whatever. It's like, yeah, but I've moved to a new place. Uh, I yeah. don't have any friends. I'm stressing about 
looking for a job and you know you don't know when you're going to get a job so it's like it's not like you can go okay well it's okay I'll just enjoy this few weeks because I'll have a job in a few weeks you don't know that like it's the unknown my job in Queensland we closed in March so I'd I hadn't had a job since March it was like two months of just sitting at home and like it might sound good like the first week was okay because I was like look at our house like I can do so many things but now I'm like oh I want to go <laughs> I don't want to yeah. do this anymore Callum's at work I've got nothing to do like and of course yeah. when you ha- when you have the time you don't have the money when you yeah, have the exactly. money you don't have the time so it's <laughs> exactly. like yeah and I was like I can't just like go out go shopping or anything no and of course no- nothing was open and I didn't want to spend money that we might have needed for food or for our bills or anything on things that we didn't need which was kind of my mindset for the last two months I was like if we don't need it we're not getting it which is why our house is kind of bare yeah <laughs> but, now, exactly. but now we've both got a job we can start looking at the nice pretty things did you feel like it caused any tension within your relationship with I mean because you're probably sitting at the door waiting for him to get home and like <laughs> why why isn't he home he should have been home five minutes ago like yeah what? did he stop the petrol like where is he like <laughs> you know sort of thing you're like you're my only friend get back in (laughs) it was like that and then we got a puppy so I was like oh well he can hang out with me now I guess you're like you are my best friend so (laughs) you know you have to love me but Callum does night shifts so usually now that I'm at work he is asleep in the day and then by the time I get home he goes to work or he's still asleep and then I cook dinner and he goes to work. There wasn't any tension, but now that we both kind of are working different days, you know, and sometimes some weeks we might not see each other, we might just pass each other. When you moved over to Newcastle, you had to change unis and do some of the courses that you'd already done or modules that you'd already done. And you're now a registered nurse. How did you go into defence life with knowing that your career was going to be nursing? Was that, okay, great, I'll be able to find a job wherever we go? Or what kind of thinking did you have when you entered defence life and then thinking about your career and how that would work? It definitely is handy having a job like nursing. And my background is mental health as well. So honestly, I won't have trouble finding work wherever we go. The problem with nursing is that nursing hours don't exactly line up with daycare hours. So when my partner's away, it's difficult for me to work as a nurse because I can't get my son to and from daycare within the hours that I'm working as a nurse. So either we start at 7am or we finish at 10pm and daycares just aren't open those hours. So what I've done is in the last few years, I've actually cultivated a photography business, which I can work whatever hours I like. I think I've been doing this for about five years now. I've built it up to the point where I'm actually making the same, if not more, from my photography business than I would be if I was working full-time as a nurse. That's amazing, especially for a photography business, because it's not easy running your own business and then also making it profitable to the point where if you went and got a job and had an employer, that it was the same sort of level. I suppose the issue is that I I still haven't worked out how to pay myself super, (laughs) but I spend so much that I don't have to pay tax. So I guess there's that. And yes, while it makes it easier to be able to take that business with you for business owners, and I myself am a business owner, we know that it's not just always as easy as picking up the business and taking it with you, that it also you have to build networks and find new clients and finish up with your existing clients and all of that sort of stuff. So how are you feeling about taking that business with you when you post? It's definitely stressing me out. (laughs) And I'm not usually a stress head, but 
I know I need to find like a whole new client base over there. I've got a loyal client base here. I've got a good following on social media. I know a lot of people around here. So word of mouth is huge for photographers and any small business really. So the fact that I have that over here is really valuable. And I know that moving to Perth, even though I know people, it's going to take quite some time to build up the kind of following there that I have here and to really get that solid client base so that I have those referrals going through. What I've done is I'm doing a complete rebrand and that will coincide with the move to Perth. And I'm hoping that the SEO and the new website and all of that sort of stuff is going to help me generate some more interest when we move over. So I'm going to start that a little bit before we move and try and generate some interest and some bookings before we move so that I can just roll in and roll into bookings. But I will probably have to work as a nurse for a bit to start off with. So our idea is at the moment that in December, Andrew gets posted to Richmond. And the idea is that I will probably move there next year as he has to go overseas for a few months in December. So yeah, he'll move there and then he goes overseas. So I'll stay put in Melbourne for now. But once he comes back, the idea is that I'll move to Richmond and take that, I guess, a little bit of a leap of faith and hope that it all works out. And it's scary. I think about it a lot and I go, oh God, am I doing the right thing? But I guess if like we both want it to work and I'm Unfortunately, he can't just go, oh, I'm going to move to Melbourne. You know, I've got to take that bit of leap of faith and just pray that it all works and goes fine. (laughs) And so how does that work with your work and moving to a totally different area? Have you sussed out work or what is your field of work and how is that going to play out? So I work in the equestrian industry. Um, At the moment, I'm a lead stable hand at a massive equestrian centre down in the southeastern suburbs. I've also worked with racehorses and done track work and all of that type of stuff. So I have quite a big field of knowledge of working with horses and in different types of the industry. Where Richmond is, is quite a horsey area from what I can work out from Google and all of that type of stuff. And I'm currently studying my instructor's certificate with Equestrian Australia. So that will give me a chance um, to teach anywhere in Australia. So I'm hoping that by moving to a horsey area that, um, you know, I can find work and go from there. If it works out and we end up moving somewhere else, I'm not sure. I'm just hoping like most places have a racetrack you can usually get work with racehorses somewhere but yeah it's a little bit like oh do I need to go and study something like what do I do because I guess at the end of the day I have to follow his career which is a little bit scary and maybe sometimes have to leave mine alone obviously yeah it's a huge leap for you it's I mean a big leap for him moving in with someone as well when you've only been long distance but less for him because he's going where his job needs to be and all that sort of stuff so how much is hinging on that first time living together as to whether you'll continue together because obviously you just mentioned you're thinking will I have to totally retrain in another area in order to be able to get work and to do that you have to be 100% in so what is sort of hanging on moving in together and are you scared to actually do it to see whether it's going to work are you wanting to kind of keep it like long distance because it's kind of working for now and like it's a huge leap to move in together and then if it doesn't work it's devastating yeah oh, that's a hard one <laughs> I guess like we've just got to do it like Andrew's very supportive he knows I'm very driven with the horses and unfortunately for him I come with horses as well I have my own pet horses who I compete but he's very supportive of that so you know like I guess we're both a bit scared about moving in together but yeah like I guess I just have hope that you know Andrew can keep being that supportive person he is and I hopefully can be that supportive person to him and we just attempt to make it work it's 
just one of those things, like, I guess most military people are like, I guess we're a bit different because we're interstate, but you know, one of you's got to take that leap. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And it's a scary thing too, you know, because I've always lived in Melbourne. Finding a like decent job in the horse industry can be quite hard. You know, like I've kind of fallen my feet here with where I work now. I have a really like good job, um, secure job. And I tell you, that's a scary thing to think, oh, I'm going to leave this and, and I don't know what I'm going to. And there's only so much you can look up on the internet or ask yeah. questions. Um, you know, until you get there and go, okay, like, I guess try and find your spot or job. And, and you know, I don't want to sit at home and, you know, rely on Andrew. Like, I yeah, I want my own independence because at the same time, like, I don't expect him to have to pay for everything. Well, I decided that I should go back to work. So the baby was about six months old and I thought, I'm going to go back to work. I worked for a bank and they had a part-time option. So I went back to work and I thought, I'll meet people, I'll get to know people because I loved my workmates in Brisbane. I thought, oh, this would be great. So I went back to work and then put the baby in daycare and he got every bug that was going around. He was sick all the time. And of course, I didn't have anybody to help. And my workmates were not impressed that I was this new person. I hated Townsville. My husband was away all the time and I was calling in sick all the time because my baby was always sick. So I lasted about six months at that job. And then I left and got a job somewhere else. And all of the staff there were from out of town. None of them were Townsville locals. They'd all come from somewhere else and they were just beautiful and they looked after us so well. They, If Shane went out bush, they would have us all over for dinner and they'd look after the baby and it just changed everything. I didn't really get involved in the defence community because I worked and not many spouses with kids worked back then. And the few times I did go to things, I'd get comments like, I could never leave my baby in daycare and go to work. I didn't have a child for other people to raise them, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So I guess finding the right job is really about finding the right group of defence spouses as well or the the right group of friends. Like it just takes putting yourself out there again and again until you find the right fit. Absolutely. And over time I did meet other wives and they never went to any of the things either because they worked too. So it took time, but I did meet them and get to be quite good friends. And then by the time my husband deployed for the second time, I did have these connections and I did have people that I knew and we would, you know, take the kids to McDonald's after work together and we'd go to each other's houses on the weekends and have, you know, takeaway nights and stuff. And our kids all play together. Which makes the experience a totally different experience. Absolutely. What have been your past postings? Like in general, what's been the timeline of where you've been? And The first posting to Townsville was for four years. Then we came back to Brisbane for two years. And then we went to Pakapanyal for two years. And then back to Brisbane for three and a half years or something. And then back to Pakapanyal for two years. And now we've been in Brisbane for eight years. Back and forth, back and forth. But awesome that you have been able to go back to, I guess, family and then also locations where you may have had previous connections. How has it been like going back and forth to those locations? Have you sort of fitted back in or how has it sort of worked each time? It's been so lucky. Um, We've lived in the same area every time. Our kids all went to the same schools and there's one teacher at the school that all three of my kids have been taught by, which is just amazing. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. 
Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarylife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 